Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Michael Tedder. Welcome to the Voyage Guitars podcast. Uh, with me, as always, is my co-host, uh, co-founder, Zach Lopez. Hi there. And for those who don't know, this podcast is kind of the offshoot of a reading series that Zach and I have been doing uh, for three years now at the bar Hi-Fi. Uh, it's a reading series where we get music writers, poets, musicians, comedians, all kinds of fun people just talking, doing pieces about music. Uh, we do it every third Tuesday. Please come by and say hi sometime. Uh, and thank you for listening today. So, Zach, uh, what's been going on with you recently? What are you listening to at the moment? Um, thanks for asking. Uh, I, well, I went to the Dea's Records uh, anniversary party mm-hmm. on Friday. Was that Friday? Yeah. Friday. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, so Drew McDowell was doing the uh, the f- did the performance of the full coil reissue, mm-hmm. um, which I love. Yeah, and um, you know, the crowd was what you expect. Bad, for... unenthusiastic. No, 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 no. They were they were they were great. They were very attentive, but you know, it's ambient, you know, minimal synth mm-hmm. electronic stuff. So it wasn't, you know, a rockin' affair. Right. Um, and then yesterday I went to an all-ages uh, show with Have a Nice Life. And uh, I sang a song with this band, Low Estate. And that was a, a, a very different situation. How did it go for you? Uh, I did great. I'm really talented. Mm-hmm. Um, and very I, handsome. I, I, well, reasonably handsome. And... Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that most of the people there, especially like the 18-year-olds, I was probably their favorite part of the day. Cool. You know? Good to know. Even though there was a band that sold it out, I think, mm-hmm. really. They thought they were there to see Have a Nice Life. Mm-hmm. But then when they saw me do my ninth-rate Andrew Eldritch yeah. uh, for 20 seconds, uh, I'm sure. They realized what they were really They there changed for. their minds. Cool. Yeah. So that felt pretty good. Cool. Uh, our guest today is Patrick Monahan, a comedian who has the extremely popular Twitter handle Patty Mo. Uh, you, if you are not following him on Twitter, what are you doing with your life? Uh, Patty has done our readings before. We've done karaoke with him a few times, and he is always a delight. Patty, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Hangover is uh, better than I thought it would be, so that's kind of where we're at. What, what what number hangover would you say you're at? Ten being like you want to die, seven being like I just want to watch TNT all day. Where are you at? Um, I would put well, I would put want to watch TNT at a lower number because that's kind of where I'm at anyway. Okay. Uh, I usually don't leave the house before dark on Saturday or Sunday, and mm-hmm. Sunday often don't leave at all. Uh, yeah. But uh, I'm really only at about like a three. I took in a leave because I think there might be a headache coming, but I don't have a headache at the moment, so uh, you know. Small mercies, I guess, right? Everything else sucks, but uh, my head doesn't hurt, so that's kind of where we're at. That's good. That and hey, good. if you can't, if you rarely drag yourself after uh, out past uh, dark, thank you for being here today. We appreciate it. You got it. Happy to do it. So, what's been going on with you lately? What's been going on? Um, I don't know. Not a whole lot of you know. I mean, just paying attention to being tired of the news. That's my new thing. I just don't want to know anything anymore. Um, been watching a lot of uh, the USA original series Suits. It's something I'm into right now oh, for yeah. some reason. I, do you like that show? It's fun. It's, yeah, it's I, like completely disposable, but that's, you know. I think my, not my cousin, but 
my dad's cousin's daughter. So I don't know if that makes her. Yeah. Something. Erica yeah. Lopez, talented lady. I think she writes for them or did write for them. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. fun. Yeah. I, I, it's, so it's okay, one of those you can amp up the praise for it a little bit. Yeah, I sure. Well, no, I, I do think it's, I mean, the, all those USA shows, I mean, I don't want, I, I can never, I never get into Royal Pains, but I did like Burn Notice a lot. Uh-huh. I liked White Collar, which is kind of similar to Suits, but he's like a, he's like a criminal in Suits. He's not a criminal in the <laughs> sense that he's practicing law without a license, which I guess is technically, but um, it, it is, you know, uh, I think there's one thing that's interesting about Suits is they have this character, Lewis Litt, mm-hmm. who is uh, like, he's another guy who's like a kind of a nerdy guy at the, at the firm that they work at. And he goes from being like a goofy kind of fun character that everyone's laughing at his expense to like the big bad for like a little while. Cause he finds out that the guy, you know, the secret about the guy not being a, actually being a lawyer and he lords it over everybody to get his name, you know? And so you have this guy who you're supposed to like one second or feel bad for. And then he's like the bad guy for a little while. And then they just kind of back off at it, you know, in later episodes. Is there like not, a redemption arc or is it? It's not, it, it, it isn't, it isn't. It's, just, it's very, so I think it's very interesting because he's just kind of weaving in and out and it's like, you don't know where, what you're supposed to think about the guy. And, and, and the guy's a good actor. He's very entertaining to watch. Um, I think his name is Rick Hoffman. Um, I only knew him as he was in before this. I mean, I'm sure he's been in other stuff. But the only thing I could think of that I could play some more. He was um, the anonymous American businessman in that movie Hostel, where they like, ha- where they like kidnap people that are on uh, like tourists. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, the, he's like the guy who like, I think he's like the grossest bad guy in that movie. So he goes from that, which is admittedly like 10 or 15 years ago, to... In my mind, this where he's right, just like directly. Goofy, he's like a goofy kind of sassy lawyer guy at this point. It's just I don't know. Right. Anyway, so that's my plug. Uh, I'll be accepting the ad money uh, later. From USA characters yeah. welcome. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, do were you a psych fan? I, I know Zach's a huge psych fan. Yeah, I I, I think I probably would have been, but I, I didn't get into it early, and then it was on for like a million years. Is it streaming anywhere? I don't think it is. Right. I don't probably mm, something. Maybe yeah, because I don't think I watched. I mean, I, I watched it. It was already on like season whatever. Yeah, four out of thirty. You yeah, right. it was on. It was, it was, it was on for a long time. Um, it's you know, listener, uh, approach it with reasonable expectations. Sure, uh, but I I know that uh, you know Zora and I watched it because there was nothing else. I think we were in, in Mexico City for a wedding, and and hung over. Yeah. And just couldn't get out of bed it's, and like it, we're crying. And it was just the thing that was on. Sure. And we're like, this is, isn't bad. And then. <laughs> yeah. It does seem like the USA brand is you can watch it while you're hungover. It's fine. Yeah. 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 It's all very agreeable. There's, they don't really tackle any serious stuff, which is sometimes you just need that. You don't, and not everything has to be about an issue. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. It's so. Not everything needs to be the night of, which is yeah. like, was good, but also made me want to die. And when, when it was like this, the world is so cold and unfeeling. This guy's life is falling apart, but everyone else just moves on. Like, you know. Yeah. Well, I heard the, I, I only watched the first episode and I heard it gets better as it goes on. But, yeah. um, you know, my girlfriend who's, who's Afghan, she, her joke was that it was clearly written by like an Afghan or Pakistani mom. Like as a warning <laughs> to like yeah, their yeah, sons, yeah. like this is what's going to happen if you go out. Yeah. <laughs> This is why you should never leave the house yeah, or yeah, never yeah. talk to white girls. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, it's jarring watching that and thinking in retrospect, I mean, like I said, it was really good. You know, I mean, maybe it was well-made let's say, cause I know there are criticisms of it and all that. And I wouldn't say I enjoyed watching it. You know, it wasn't <laughs> yeah. like it was fun, but I did want to know what happened. And this, this, there's something like so realistic and visceral about this. You know, he gets, he gets in a, in over his head and the girl's dead and all that stuff. And then he's all of a sudden he's in the jail cell and he's like, but I didn't, I, and nobody cares. You know, like even this lawyer is like, yeah, well, you know, just shut up and uh, we'll figure this out. Maybe. 
And then, you know, his dad loses the cam because it's evidence in the grin. And then there's, and everyone just, you know, there's, and that's like a harsh thing to realize. And sometimes it's good to realize it, but like when things are going bad for you, you know, or whether things are going good for you, realistically, everyone's in their own head. Like the world does not give a shit about you. you right. Know, for, and it's like, that's a strange thing um, to be confronted with, especially in entertainment, which is supposed to be like, you know, like you're, everyone's the hero of their own uh, TV show that they're sure. in, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you realize that nobody is the hero of anything. It's just kind of, you know, everyone's just walking around, whatever. Sorry, that, not, to, not to get too nihilistic. No. Around, uh, <laughs> and that's why you like Suits. <laughs> that, anyway, that's why Suits <laughs> is good. Yeah, because Suits has clear cut, you know. Uh, yeah. That's, um, now, I know you have a day job, but how long have you been a comedian for? Um, I have been doing it for almost four years. Um, yeah, it was like January. I, I don't have like, an, I don't remember when I officially started, but I want to say it was like January. So, so January 2013 or, or 2014, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's gonna be it's gonna be four years in, in next year. And it's interesting. Like, do you think of yourself as a Sam comedian who also does Twitter, or a internet comedian who also like does a live show? Because like you're pretty well known on the internet for like what you do. Yeah, I, I would say that a, a, from a pride perspective, I would go with the first one because internet comedians kind of not really right uh, like a SoundCloud know. rapper. Yeah. yeah, it's like a, well, it's yeah. also like a it's a weird thing because people call themselves writers for mm-hmm. Twitter too. And it's like, well, it's somewhere in between writing and being a comedian, but it's not either one really. Cause you're yeah. not writing anything long unless you're doing one of those horrible threads, you know, mm-hmm. but you're also not delivering jokes in front of an audience. You're just kind of posting something and there's no like stakes and there's no delivery and there's no, cause there are lots of people. I mean, I've seen some, you know, and I was concerned. I, I never want that to be mentioned when I'm going up, especially in front of like an audience that doesn't know me because that a lot, I think a lot for a lot of people, especially in New York audiences are just like, they immediately freeze up and like, Oh, this guy sucks. Yeah. yeah. They'll, they'll eat you alive yeah. mm-hmm. because it's like, it's like a Dungeons and Dragons comedian. Right. If you're known yeah. from the internet, it's like, great. Oh, cool. This is the guy who gets like his posts embedded in like HuffPo articles, right. you know, like, so I don't, um, which happens a lot with you. Well, yeah, I don't know. That's what journalism <laughs> is now. Right. You just mm-hmm. search for, you know, and whether or not it's just the zeitgeist thing, or like you have like the daily caller method, which is just like finding 10 insane things that some like weirdos said about, being glad that Eric Bowling's son died. And it's like, look at these liberals. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. like four assholes yeah. that said, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Here's Grievan- a bunch of teenagers that are ungrateful on Christmas day. Right. Exactly. It's like <laughs> this grievance culture, you know? Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so I, I, I would like to say, and I think it's been long enough now that I can say I'm like an actual comic, you know, it's yeah. one of those things where you kind of feel like, when am I officially allowed to say that? Um, I don't go to, I don't, I don't go as many mics as I'd like to. And like, so I'm not active in like the, the soul crushing drudgery of the thing, but that's just because I can't get out of work on time. Yeah. So yeah. I've never seen you on the corner of McDougal handing out flyers. That's a, that, that is a, that is a self I don't know how you call yourself a real comedian. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the weird thing about the, like that HBO show crashing, mm-hmm. um, which is supposed to be authentic. It's like Pete Holmes's story and, and it, it is just telling what he did, but like, it's very weird to see that. Cause like you don't have to do that awful, like bringer show thing. You can just go to mics and meet people or start a show at a bar. And there's no like requirements like that. I didn't know that. I thought you had to do that, which it just seems so, I just feel so fucking bad, but now I don't yeah. feel bad for them. Well, yeah, that, they that, made that, the whole, that whole West village scene in particular is very, um, it's very transactional, you know? And, and it's like, and it's like tricking people that are down there. They're like, you know, they, like they, there's like a Greenwich village comedy club that's down there. And they like trick, I think they like try to trick people into thinking that they're going to the comedy. No, cellar. No, of yeah. course, no, it, there there's is. places that are like the comedy, comedy cellar. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, they're, they're yeah like, there's the one right next to the comedy. cellar. they'll try to get you in there. And yeah. that happened to me once. And, uh, I thought I was going to the comedy cellar and I was not going to the comedy cellar. I was going to Greenwich and it was a bunch of no name comedians, all of whom were like, 
aggrieved, angry white men who, I'm just sick of all this PC shit. Like, I make fun of all the races. And, you know, from Uh, there, listener. Classic material. I think you can fill in the rest. That is my shit. So, uh, the fun thing about this podcast is it actually is a music podcast. So, maybe at some point, now that we've gotten uh, aired our grievances as we do, uh, I, I, I think of this podcast and the reading series kind of like Rolling Stone or TV, where it's technically based on music, but it ventures into other things, but eventually it needs to come back to music. Uh, I think one of the reasons I wanted to get Patty here is I've done karaoke with him before, and he is kind of great at it. I just want to ask you, like, we want to talk about doing karaoke, but mainly I want to ask you, like, why is the Monster Mash your signature song? Because I've seen <laughs> you do it several times, and uh, why, why, why is that your jam? Well, I think I moved, I've moved on a little bit from the Monster Mash. Um, I, think, uh, I think in general... I have this thing where like I, I just because probably because I'm a comedian and it's like when you're holding a microphone, it's like the same sort of you're in the same sort of setting. So you're kind of everything is a bit. So like the songs I do are like bits kind of. It's not like mm-hmm. I mean it's earnest, but it's not it's coming from a place that's not totally earnest. So like and I've come to like I used to like doing the rooms more. I didn't used to like to do the public ones, but now I like the the outside the bar more mm-hmm. because you're sort of forcing other people to listen to your shit, which I think is funny. Um which is probably uh sort of xenophobic and just kind of generally like I hate everybody type thing. But um, yeah, I mean the monster match is just because it's like weird. It's, I don't know. I like to do, I like doing like the, the, the spooky voice. Um, and I've I, seen you do it in like February. I've seen you do it right. in March. Well, that's, I wouldn't I, do it now. I mean, I could, maybe I would do it now just cause it'd be more crowd pleasing, but yeah, I, I, I used to do the Mariah Carey all I want for Christmas in mm-hmm. like the summertime too. Yeah. This is like years ago. I don't, I wouldn't do it anymore cause I, I try not to do things that I literally cannot sing. Mm-hmm. Like I think I've I've gone past the point where I want to just be screaming. I want to actually try to make it sound vaguely palatable. You know, not that I have a good voice, but I'm not tone deaf and I'm not like so. Anyway, um, so I'll do Monster Match is good because it, it, there's no vocal reach for me. It's very it's very low. My voice is generally pretty low. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one I would say that I default to the most now is the Toby Keith 9/11 song. Oh, because tell. I can do Toby Keith pretty easily. Like it actually it actually is. Um, but I just think it's a really entertaining song. Obviously, there was came out at a time when there was a lot of weird stuff going on. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it's just a – and it's it's not at every place. I've actually walked people. People left uh, <laughs> Sing Sing on Avenue A one mm-hmm. night. I remember they walked like, – and, and that was – that's like the best possible result. That's exactly what I want out of this, which is – again, it probably says more about me than anything else. Um, yeah, so for me, it's about like – Crowd participate, crowd involved. Like, it's like I'll do all that I want to do is uh, I don't want to miss a thing by Aerosmith, mm-hmm. which is objectively not a great song. It's pretty cheesy, obviously, um, yeah. but it does have like a hundred percent hit rate that people drunk will be screaming along to the chorus by the by the time it comes on. So I don't know. So you're sort of toggling back and forth between wanting to please the crowd yeah. and wanting to alienate. Well, I'll do the Aerosmith first. I'll do the Aerosmith first usually, and then right. later. Oh, yeah. When I get a little drunker, that's when the other stuff comes out. It seems like all your song choices are antagonistic. Well, they're all bits, right? Yeah. yeah. And so it's it's for the enjoyment of like the people I'm with in the place, but not the enjoyment of anyone who's actually just there, just living their life, innocent, mm-hmm. <laughs> innocent right. bystanders. Right. I don't know what to call it. Because I, I, one time I was at uh, I was at Sing Sing, and, and there was a guy who did like three songs in a row, didn't know any of the words. I don't know how he got like three in a row, but and he was just like mostly just talking to a girl, and it was like not that crowded, and just kind of like, and so I was like, well, this is just like bad craft. You know, like I get mad when it's like, this is a, this is a performance on some level. So I don't mm-hmm. know what you're doing if you're not even paying attention. And why would you do a song you don't know the lyrics to where you're going to end up way behind and you're just reading the, you know, you're reading it as you're going and it just screws up your rhythm and stuff. Um, or like or like try to do a rap song when you have no ability to, no to rhythm. Do that. And, yeah. You know, yeah. 
Um, but, um, but so I was like kind of griping, like, this is bullshit. I can't, why does this guy even have all these songs? And the, and the bartender who was also like the gatekeeper for the thing is like, well, uh, after all this sh sh shit talking, you better, uh, you better nail this. And so I turned around and put my back to the screen and did the entire Toby Keith 911 song like without looking at the screen. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I come with research. I come prepared. Right. I'm not trying to. Did the to, bartender yeah. apologize to you? No, I think he probably thought I was more of an asshole yeah, than I was before. That's kind of where I'm. Um, you had memorized the lyrics. Wow. Oh yeah. I could do it right now. Yeah. That's uh, well, you listen to it enough times. You do it enough times. You know, I have like a karaoke playlist on Spotify mm -hmm. for stuff <laughs> that I'm like thinking about trying out. And so I'll just listen to stuff over and over again to the point where so I you, you sit at home kind of analyzing. No, I mean, I'll, like, like to and from work and stuff, but if something comes okay. out, if some, if, you know, if I'm on the train or at work, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll, you know, I'll just put that in there and then it, it's, I have like it. So it downloads, so it's saved so I can listen to it whenever. Um, mm -hmm. Like the one I really want to try right now is uh, is Do Host. I haven't been able to because I haven't been to karaoke in a while, but mm -hmm. I can do the deep voice. I just got to learn what, what the is that? Do Host is like that Rammstein song. The, oh, okay. okay. Do Host. But there's like the, there's the part where he kind of sings before he says nine, and it's like something. It's German, but I don't know what the German is, so I'd have mm -hmm. to I have to kind of nail what the German is before I ever consider doing it. Because um, because I, I and the reason that came up is because I was at like a Kings of Karaoke or one of those things in uh, Williamsburg in the back of a bar. And it was like really grim. Like a guy got up and did like the fray. Oh, he no. found me. Like it was like super <laughs> weird. And people were like going nuts. Like, are we in like a Grey's Anatomy episode? Like, what's happening right now? <laughs> and uh, and then another guy. There's a, a bunch of like real, run of really weird songs that were not crowd pleasing. People, were, but it was like super packed back there. And then as like the interstitial music between people, Duhas came on, and mm -hmm. everybody in the crowd was like, and like started singing along to Duhas. I was like, okay, people are desperate for something that has some resonance and. Duas is weird because it ha it's like a metal song, obviously, but it has like a really strong beat mm -hmm. to the point that like, I remember in college, we used to play at a party sometimes and people would be like grinding to do host, which I think is really weird. That is yeah. weird. Um, but because it, it's just like done, done, done. And if you're white people, you, you need, you, the simpler the beat, the better, you know, we're not mm -hmm. trying to be fancy here. We're drunk. We're in college, like a guy standing behind the girl, like just like the standard grinding thing, you know? But anyway, so uh, yeah, do host is next on the, on the list theoretically. It's funny because when I do karaoke, I've learned over time also to kind of play to the audience. Because there'd be a time I'd be like insufferable and like, oh, I want to pick out some cool like deep cut. Yeah, to show I my definitely used to do that by. And uh, I think I learned my lesson when I sang, God bless him, Joe Jackson, uh, who was like, not as well known as Elvis Costello, but I would argue <laughs> maybe just as good. Like, well, what's Joe Jackson's song? Would you uh, I would do uh, It's Different for Girls. Which, oh yeah, that, and like I did it in a character room, and everyone left and ignored me and talked over me. It's like okay, like <laughs> I thought I was like doing it in a room full of music writers, we'd be right. all cool. But like no, uh, I am old. These people don't know who Joe Jackson is, and they wonder what the hell I'm doing. Well, it, it was doing karaoke with a bunch of music writers that made me realize just how terrible the taste is of so many fucking music writers, hmm. um, ones that I love, yeah. but. The fact, like, I find I had to come to grips with the, and I know that's not bad taste. It has their own taste. Right, right. I, get it, I got it. Well, I got it's it. It's for the, it's for the, it's, got, got it. it's for the setting. Right. Well, no, these guys Good were, music they, they, is not always fun music. Yeah. But, but here's the thing, especially for people of a certain age that are, live entirely irony-free existences. Sure. Um, they, when, when, when they all sit, when they all sing Blink-182, or yeah. they all sing, uh, Limp, Limp Biscuit, Limp Biscuit. People and went ape for that one. No, they we were in the room for that. Yeah, and it's and it's clear that there's like a genuine affection. 
and that's fine. I don't like, I, I don't believe in like, and in guilty pleasures, you know, mm -hmm. like what you like, but it was sort of like, oh, well that explains why these people like this. And that's why <laughs> this guy, this gets this rating because this is the grounding, you know? Mm -hmm. but, so, and that, and that's just, I mean, people, with all of us. when it comes down to it, you can do all like the fancy stuff you want, but like people just want to hear the hits, man. You're drunk. Sure. You're, you yeah, know, sure. and, and when you were 12, you liked Blink-182 because that's what you liked. Most right. people weren't sophisticated enough to be like, nah, I don't like that. I actually like that. Like you like what's popular. You like what you heard at the dance or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, that's just like a, that's an, and that's why these nineties acts will just be able to tour forever because that's just a touchstone that you can't, there's no like wiping that away. And like, that, that's the thing about music. that's interesting to me. Like there are things that I watched like TV shows and stuff that I liked when I was younger. I can't come up with movies. I came up with examples really, but like, I'm sure that if I watch them now, I'd be like, this is bad. I don't mm -hmm. like this. Right. But music is music, man. It's like pleasing sounds for the ear of the ape. You know what I mean? Like I still like all the bad stuff that I liked when I was, you know, because it's, it's also like not a time commitment. It's like three minutes, four minutes, depending on the song. You're, you know, it's not like you're committing 20 hours to watching an episode, a season of a TV sure, show. Sure, but I do think it was, it was interesting because <clears throat> I used to go to karaoke all the time with just either mute before I wrote, wrote about music when yeah. I, when I didn't have any music writer friends, I would just go out with friends and there would be a mixture of hits Mm -hmm. and some obscure stuff, but nothing, you know, not, you know, nobody, nothing too yeah. obscure, you know, you still want to like, but like a lot of new wave stuff and, yeah. you know, some soul stuff and, you know, just popular enough stuff. But it wasn't till I started hanging out with music writers that I heard that level of just like super, super popular schlock. Right. Like mm -hmm. it never, it, you know, and I, I, it was, I was genuinely taken aback. Well, maybe, maybe there's like a certain amount of like, um, I don't want to say, I don't know what the right word is for it, but like when you're like a critic and you're like, you, your job is to sort of, you know, on some level, at least with a lot of the stuff that's like disposable, like produced like trash is like, you kind of poo poo that as like, you know, and that's just kind of, I don't like this cause it's not whatever. There's a certain amount of like, it's much guiltier pleasure when it's right. your job to sure. be, you know? And so that kind of heightens it, you know? I mean, what I, if I, they're I, just monsters? <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> that that like, is also a possibility. That's fair. I wonder if like 15 years from now, I'll be at karaoke for some reason. I should be too old to do karaoke by then. But for some reason, I'm at some karaoke bar with younger writers, again, out in the wine, hanging out with them by him for some reason. And they're going ape for like Imagine Dragons or, uh, <laughs> oh, or, or Walk the Moon. I'm like, Radioactive. this is something that people, Jesus. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, I'm trying to think of what, like, songs that are, like, objectively, you know, that most people would be, like, this kind of, like, I remember, uh, I don't know if you were there or not, but it was one of those times with, like, Daniel Ralston and, and Co. Um, I did, uh, I remember, because I was, I was standing by the door, like, one of the rooms at, uh, it was Gagopa, I guess, probably, or no, it was um, Duet, whatever, you know. Yeah. And uh, the screen was to my left, you know, facing the same way I was. And I remember I was like nervous because I, Ted Leo, who I think is really cool, came and was hanging out. And then I realized I already put in and I had to do, I think he came in in between when I put it in. You had a Ted Leo song? I, no, no, no. Oh. I did a uh, uh, hands down by dashboard. Oh. And I, I remember watching his face and he was just going like, this is songwriting. Are you kidding me? And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like working out my issues, like screaming about the, you know, at the end and stuff. It, it's just, but it's just, it's like a visceral thing. I think it's almost different. It's, it's like liking stuff from a karaoke perspective. It's like almost different than liking it in like as live sure. for listening even. <clears throat> yeah. It's very yeah. strange. It's interesting because your Twitter account, I'm a big fan of it. Uh, you're always posting about music and I can never tell like if you are, like you say, doing a bit or if you really like the stuff that I think people might almost taste as objective. It seems objectively bad. Like 
you almost single-handedly on the internet prospect smash mouth, I like to think. <laughs> but are that, Smash Mouth bad? <clears throat> I mean, they were they certainly in their time were not considered a cool band. I I uh, I can never tell. Like I owned Fushiu Mang, I think right? that was was it the first one. That was mm-hmm. the one with Walking on the Sun. Walking mm-hmm. on the Sun actually, I think is everyone like All Stars, the one everyone thinks of with Smash Mouth because that's like the track song. But Walking on the Sun is like kind of okay. It has that it's little nice. like it has that nice horn. Apparently, if you listen to the lyrics, it's kind of about Vietnam era discipline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's still like a band full of like human bowling shirts. Like I, I get yeah. it, you know, but, um, cause I liked all that ska stuff. So that was, it was yeah. all sort of like yeah. a gateway drug too, you know, and then you go a little too far and you get into swing. Cause that was a really weird time in America. Yeah. And then you go even further, you end up with like uh, squirrel nut zippers where that's like, you're at the end point of, okay, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Um, cause you had to just buy the whole CD in those days. So it's like, I just right. spent 18 bucks. I'm going to listen to a squirrel nut zippers album. I just oh, really, yeah. all I want to hear is. The trumpet solo from Hell. That was the only thing mm-hmm. I wanted. I used to go to the swing night at Black Cat. Oh, man. You did? Yeah, it was brutal. <clears throat> That's such a, there's no bigger, like, long form self own I can think of than the people who got really good at swing dancing during that, like, two year period. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, oh, that's not cool anymore. We don't do that anymore. And it's like, yeah. ah. But I, I took lessons and like it was. This was like my whole identity. I have like a wallet chain and I wear like the big suits. Like, yeah, it's not cool. No, I mean you shouldn't have backed that. That was a mistake. You, right. you yeah. should have known that was a fad. That was like the definition of a fad. Yeah, like, yeah. The clock turned uh, on t- the year two thousand. No more of that. Right. But it was such a weird time because it was like I mean, I, and I, I don't think you really get that anymore. But like it was like you go like TRL was like the bellwether of what mm-hmm. was popular, and it was like, you know, Corn number one, Britney Spears number two, Backstreet Boys number three. Then like Tom, that Tom Green song was on there, yeah. and then like other. It was such a random, you know, Cherry Pop and Daddies who should be in jail for the name alone. I, right. I still think that was just a very. Right. Upsetting the funny to thing me. about them is like they weren't a pure swing band. They also did like ska and whatever. Until one day they realized like the swing music was really popping, so they released an album just of their swing yeah. music. I totally. That's that's smart, man. You know, Brian. Yeah. Look at Brian Setzer. He like reinvented himself. You know, after straight, and he made he was way more popular with the you know because he was basically like a Gap commercial in song form. But it's funny because, like, back in the day, like, when this MTV kind of dictated and radio dictated people's taste to a large extent, uh, once you were out of rotation, you were forgotten. And what I find really fascinating these days is because of social media, because of Twitter, people who buy rights should be one-hit wonders to go away, linger on forever. Like, Iggy Azalea should be a one-hit wonder who is gone. But she's some somehow still in the mix for God for her crazy fans and her social yeah. media hustle. Well, it's one hundred percent. It's one hundred percent because of social media. Because she got you know when that was the number one song in the country for eight weeks or whatever you know however long it was. Um, that was also that was a good song. But you could just take her rap parts out of it, and it would be a good song. Mm. Yeah, it was a good Charlie. It was a hook, and it was a, and it was a good beat. There was no need, her rapping is atrocious. That weird audio blackface she does is like the worst and whatever. Yeah. But anyway. She got like a million, you know, million Instagram all, because the, and people don't just unfollow when the song is not popular anymore. So they're kind of like, you know, and the, you know, people had at some point hoped that there was going to be like a second act to the whole thing. And then now, obviously that's been sort of repeatedly dashed against the rocks now, yeah. but she's still, you know, kicking around. Um, doesn't hurt that she's also, I think she's attractive. It's a secret shame of mine that I find her really attractive. Um, but uh, <laughs> not so secret anymore, I guess. But yeah. um Thank you for your bravery and honesty. Yeah. yeah. Um, the thing, the weird thing, like music is, I mean, it's good that it's, much more kind of spread out or whatever, but like it's, I don't know what's, I mean, I guess from going to bars and going to like, cause I go to like stupid clubs sometimes still. Cause I have friends who like doing that. So that's where I go hang out with them. But so I'll hear like top 40 hip hop, you know, type stuff. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know what the song was called. I knew it was Drake, but that was it. But because I found this out today, cause I kind of backed into it. Cause there was a thing like, you know, this Ed Sheeran song is now the top stream song ever on Spotify. It's that like shape of you song, which I heard I was in Europe over the summer in Greece and it was played 
every place we went. That oh, song yeah, came no, out I, I, I was in Cote d'Ivoire. Yeah, and they it was being it. played in like it's crazy side street bars. Yeah, that like just that xylophone you would hear it everywhere. Like, yeah. but anyway, mm-hmm. so so it's not that was not surprising to me that was popular. But it, then it replaced the previous number one, which is this Drake song. I think it's like One Last Dance or something like that. Oh, and, yeah, one, and when and when I heard the song, I was like, oh, okay, I know this. Yeah, but I didn't. I, I the title was like, I have no idea what that is. How how is it possible that the most streamed song ever? I don't even know. I, could, I couldn't even, you know, but that's just because I didn't know what the title was. You know, of mm-hmm. course I've heard it, you know, out or whatever, but um, I almost kind of group that song into like going out music that I would never listen to when I'm not like, you know, drinking because it's like, a, you know, I'm not going to listen on the, the way to work. Right. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't seem like the appropriate venue for that. But um, it is because without radio, you don't know what's being pushed into people really. You know? Yeah. Um, I guess in the in cabs, you get the radio sometimes still, but that's really it. Or, and, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's and it's pretty much just Lyft and Uber is my only connection yeah. right. to I always know popular like, culture in any way. You know, you you say about you know, people talk about the Billboard charts as like the song of the summer, but like I always say, like a song's not really popular unless I hear it at the CVS or in a Lyft <laughs> or walking down the street. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, th- there hasn't been a true. I guess the Iggy song was. I guess Despacito, but it's like sort of by default. It's been the past few years. You haven't. There hasn't been like a true. Since, See, since Carly Rae Jepsen, since, since Calling Maybe, because yeah. that was like, and that was like the first time I can remember in a long time that I can remember where it's like everywhere you go was just people waiting for that to come on. Yeah, yeah. that was in every deli. And it's interesting every, because like, goes, oh. around that time, a little before that is when I believe, uh, maybe like earlier with CeeLo, C- fuck you, uh, the idea of the song of the summer became a weaponized name, became this big competition. Yes. Who's going to have it? And just, I blame like Vulture for that because yeah, they had those like countdowns. Vulture, like, you know, I, my industry, like we need our content. We need something to get people ready. And this one, like the original, yeah, it was pretty good for what it is. But like the Justin Bieber remix of this, uh, Justin Bieber remix of that. Uh, is this sort of the reaction? Yeah, sure. It's a song of the summer, I guess. I guess I guess it's what it is. I mean, like, it no one like seems summer, to like it. You know, it just seems to be kind of there. Like last year was some Calvin Harris song, right? What was it again that people seem? Jesus, I don't even know. It's that shows you how disposable it is. Yeah. I can't remember and again, what it was. It's kind of like, well, yeah, I guess it's the song of the summer. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like you can tell there's like marketing ploys that go on, because um, like Despacito is like Puerto is Puerto Rican guy. Uh, I forget yeah. the guy's Luis Fonsi or whatever his name mm-hmm. is, but um, like island music for you know for lack of a better term people think summer when they hear it. Right. So right. Like occasionally they get like a song that's a huge hit right around spring, summer. That's like a reggaeton or, or like a reggae guy. Even like, remember like Wayne wonder mm-hmm. Not or, like, or like any Sean Paul, or like any Sean Paul song. Right. Yeah. It was just like, this sounds like summer. It's hot out basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's weird that you, you know, and it just, it depends on the landscape of music and all that stuff, I guess. But yeah, calling maybe is the one I could think of where it's like, this is crazy. Everywhere I went, every bar I went to, it was just people like there was like a pregnant, expectation of okay when's the song gonna come on everyone's gonna bug out for three minutes and then it's like the next thing or whatever the last time i think of that was i was in jamaica for spring break 2003 like montego bay like margaritaville just hacking it up you know whatever mm-hmm. college sophomore and uh that was like maybe a month after in the club came out yeah and it was the same thing but the uh, guy yeah. but the guy indulged it way weirder at, at margaritaville because he went you know, he would play like 45 seconds of it every like 15 minutes really so it was just like okay like, dun, dun. Everyone was so like, that, yeah. was, that was before like steve aoki made that popular of just writing oh just yeah yeah it. right yeah pretty yeah, yeah pretty much uh and it's interesting because like ahead of I, his time and benny hana scion sh- shitty, you know. <laughs> like i complain that iggy azalea should just go away but social media keeps her alive i think if not for social media Carly Rae Jepsen would be considered one hit wonder, but because of her crazy yeah. fan base, like 
maybe emotion wasn't a big hit, but people acknowledge, yeah, this is actually like a really good album. Right? Yeah. Her, her, so her, her crazy fan base of 38 New York music writers. Yeah. yeah. Many yeah. of whom are our friends. I like Harley. I think it's, I think the first, I think that album kiss was pretty good too. There's, yeah. there's pretty, there's a, there's a one song was written by Tegan or Sarah and I forget it's called uh sweetie. I want to say it's pretty good. There's a few, it's, I've come to really, I've come around a lot on pop music where I used to kind of feel obligated to be like, nah, but it's like, you, there's, there's a craft there that I appreciate. You know what I mean? My, like, my issue with her is that it's, her, she used to be pop music. Now she plays pretty good indie rock and all these people that love, quote unquote, love pop music, love this because it's fucking indie rock. Yeah. yeah. I like pop music too. I yeah. hate indie rock. Therefore, I'm not a Carly Rae Jepsen fan. That's, that's, and that's fair. I mean, it, it's, there is a thing also with the, with the Carly Rae Jepsen people, I think that especially like white dude colored, there are people who like make it their thing to like let everyone know they think she's amazing. And it's mm -hmm. kind of like a, it's like a Rick and Morty fan type thing where it's like, all right, all right, we get yeah. it, we get <laughs> it, you know? Because like, I love Rick and Morty. I think it, I think it is probably the best show on TV right now, but, but it has the world's <laughs> worst fans. They are the yeah. worst. And, and like, like not just worse than pedantic and annoying. They were like going after the two female writers that got hired, like putting their personal information down and harassing themselves. Yeah. Like, they work for the show. They're making the thing that you like. What's wrong with you? Oh, yeah. I didn't even hear about. And you Ugh. can't. And they're just like they're the little Frankenstein's that they made. You know, they can't. Like like Dan Harmon was did like an interview with somebody where he's like, I fuck. Let's be clear. I fucking hate these people. I can't. You know, but you can't help who likes the thing you make. Mm -hmm. The problem is that it's all these like all the gamer type dipshits. Right, you right. know, they think that Rick is cool. Mm -hmm. this nihilist guy yeah, who they don't is see like that smarter like, than everyone it's like no right. the whole, there is like a I mean there's some of that sure but he's not the hero of the show you know yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know who it, so anyway so there are some people who I think this is maybe a little bit of a hot take but there are probably some people who are kind of like look you're not going to make me not like her but like back off a little bit you know like I paid scalp tickets to go see when she won that tour before emotion after emotion came out like, I saw her at a it was their Webster Irving Plaza, I forget which, but whatever that show was, it was a super small show before like the arena shows. Like I paid like, you know, 80 or 90 bucks to go to that because yeah. like that, that was like, seemed like a cool thing to do. Like I'm a fan, but mm -hmm. at the same time, take it down and you don't have to proselytize and you don't have to like have a competition of who is the purest. Right. Well, and, yeah. I, and, I, and you know, I'm always of two minds. Like I don't enjoy her music. I don't hate it. I don't enjoy her music in the same way I don't enjoy Spoon or Arcade Fire. Yeah. It all sounds the same to me. But I'm not saying it's the same, saying it sounds the same. <laughs> um, but I also have, you know, a lot of our friends, you know, a lot of female music writers that are like, I love this because it's nice hearing songs that are about what it's like being in your late 20s and your 30s and having crushes and stuff like that. And I really relate to that. And I totally get that. Mm -hmm. And I still think there's a lot of guy writers that are like, that's the girl that's the girl that I want. Oh man. You know, yeah. That's, that's who I should have a pixie. Yeah. There's they, 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 they're too smart and too self-aware to, to admit that they, they, they fall for the manic pixie trope, yeah. mm -hmm. but man, they still want to be in their fucking garden state. Like, yeah. They still want that shit to it, happen. Sure. It's funny. Uh, I almost feel like the fact that people, cause I like Harley. I feel like the fact that me and let's say every type, so I'd hope, like Carly, almost guarantees the fact she will never be a pop star again. <laughs> it's sort of like, yeah, yeah, like because I feel like people who genuinely like pop music, if people like us gather around someone, they're like, nope, it's not real pop music. Uh, I'm trying, I'm blanking on the guy named. This last year I was watching the Republicans' uh, primaries, and there was one guy who was like, well, I guess as far as Republicans go, that guy's not so bad. But I was thinking, like, well, if I think he's even like not so bad comparatively, that means there's absolutely no way the Republican base would ever go. So for basically, him. you're calling Carly Rae Jepsen Romney. 
John Kasich. No, yeah, Kasich. Yeah, Carly Jepsen did a tour, just ate big sandwiches everywhere, and told rambling stories about her mailman or whatever the story was. Yeah, no, I think that's true. I I think that I thought I was taken aback. I was surprised that emotion was not a bigger hit. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe like the landscape of music changed so much in those like four years or whatever it was, three years Mm -hmm. that you know defining what a hit is is constantly a moving goalpost because nobody buys stuff anymore. They all Mm -hmm. subscribe, so I don't know how then those metrics work. I'm sure they don't either. They're probably also reckoning with right. how we're getting paid for all this crap. I'm sure you guys have talked about that yeah. with other people. But it is weird that it's like, well, why isn't everyone talking about this? This is like really great. There's this is like start, you know, start to finish a great. And then she put out the side B a year later, which was like eight other great songs. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Fly um, language, that's a classic jam, right? Yeah. There. And it's just but and it's just, I mean, but again, people like what they like. You can't you can't make someone like something and you can't make someone pay attention to something, really. You know, it, yeah. There's plenty of stuff that I have on my phone. You know that I have like I'll, I'll, when a new album comes out that I want to like like I feel like ten things have come out in the past like month and a half you mm-hmm. know that I need to listen to, and it's, it's, at some point it becomes like homework which is no fun you yeah know? Then you sure hate, then you hate like, it's not my job music. you know it's right. not like so I, I don't have to do it for any reason other than just so I'm supposed to know about this mm-hmm. so it is my job and I don't fucking do right it. like the new national like I like I really like the national but I I haven't listened to it because I I'm also not in that mood I'm not in like a rainy you know looking out the window Fair. you know mood. Um, at the moment, you know, and I hope to not be because it's kind of a, not a great mood to be in, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully things don't happen that will lead me to want to listen to it on some level. But, um, so yeah, you know, like the, you know, like new arcade fire, same thing, you know, like the, like the, dis- the discourse around the arcade fire is so such that it makes me not want to listen to it. I just don't want right, to hear yeah. it. And I, I was willing to, I, you know, I, I wanted to, you know, just for a quick 250 bucks, I, yeah. I wanted to do a defend the arcade fire without having to listen to it. Cause I didn't want to have to listen to it. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I figured I had enough context, right. you know, that I could just like bum out my friends by, defend, yeah. by defending it. But then I was like, eh. well, they did that whole thing where they did like the fake, they kind of like yeah, play yeah. with their own image, which I, which I thought was admirable. If not, maybe not that funny, but it wasn't yeah. funny, but it was, it, I, yeah, I, I, it wasn't funny, but yeah. I, I saw a lot of, industry people like offended by it because they do like on principle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, well, you know, people like, like they, they should be biting the hand for, that they, that feeds them. Like, like guys feed what? Yeah. They're, you know, they're a stadium band. Right. And, and I mean, and us. I say, and I say all that as somebody who was a total in the tank dipshit for LCD. Like, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like there's all kinds of pro, you know, I went to the last show and I wore the black and white, you know what I mean? Like I, I can't, I can't really articulate a good defense for one and not the other. Cause I'm not like a music theoretician or whatever yeah. you'd say, to, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's a term. To, yeah. Um, to be able to like say, well, this is good and this is not good. But like, like the new LCD, same thing. It's exhausting. This new, you know, I went to one of the shows at the, at the Brooklyn steel. I thought it was really good. I liked the new album, you know, like it, I agree that it was kind of weird that they retired and then like kind of played and all that and then came back like five years later or whatever. But it's also a new music from a band that I like. So who cares? Yeah. You know, like at some point it's just, you know, and I, th- I think James Murphy is really interesting. And I think I'm, I'm particularly find interesting the stuff where he like could have written for Seinfeld, but didn't write for Seinfeld. Like, because he's just like a weird polyglot of like stuff that I like, you know? Yeah. I would, mm-hmm. I would, I, I'm not a huge LCD guy. I like them well yeah. enough, but I would happily read a shit ton of interviews with James Murphy. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. he's a interesting, smart, funny guy. Yeah. He did the best show like a couple, a few weeks ago and yeah. I've, been, I've been saving it cause I couldn't, I didn't listen to it. Like I, I don't, I don't know when it's I'm like going to listen to it, but I want to like, you know, I want to hear everything about this. Cause like he, and he, you know, and he's, he's like, he knows all the right cool people. Like he was in that, like in that, that movie, the comedy, which is super weird, that Tim and Eric movie, mm-hmm. but he's like one of the asshole, like hipster friends in that movie. And did you guys see that? It was really, it was really, no. it was really weird. It's like the tone is like super, post 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 irony like type thing where 
like the, the opening sequence is like I mean, Heidecker is like the is the main guy and he's like an heir of some he made a bunch, his dad died or something and he got a bunch of money so it's him at like 35 or whatever age he's supposed to be and like all his dipshit friends including like Wareheim um mm-hmm. and and James Murphy and they're just like they're all glomming off him and he's just like a rich going out to bars in Williamsburg like asshole Brooklyn guy basically and has no direction doesn't do anything so the opening montage is them going to bars and stuff and it's like including things like him like talking to a girl at a bar and being like, well, you know, actually Hitler had some pretty good ideas. Like it's like a weird irony thing, you know, right. mm-hmm. and they smash cut to, you know, they're, they're back at like the big apartment or whatever. And, you know, Eric Wareheim says this like truly inscrutable. I can't tell what level of irony he's on. Like I had a good day today with my friends, just like what is going on here. Mm-hmm. And then cut to Heidecker with the girl he was talking to Hitler about, you know, she's on like his boat <laughs> and like, I don't know. Anyway, so Murphy's in that We're movie. We're just going to do shows of you recapping <laughs> Tim, and Eric, Tim and Eric movies. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but anyway, so he, he's like involved in stuff that I think is cool. So maybe that's what it is. You just like somebody or don't like them, and that's why you think their stuff is good. Yeah, you can't talk away. like You can't like argue like, you should like this or you should not like this because it's bad that he reunited <laughs> or whatever. Uh, I always say about that, like he can do whatever he wants. It's his band. And yeah, maybe probably after like the 2010 album, he just should have like taken a break, not been so dramatic, like we are breaking up and they come back later, but artists are dramatic people. That's why they're artists. It's, it's much more fun to be like, we are breaking up and having a final show than rather quietly taking a few years off. We right. like artists because they're dramatic. Like we can't punish them for that later. And it's like, it's a, I look at it like when the, when the NCAA vacates somebody's title win because there was cheating, you know, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm it doesn't take away the feeling of winning the championship, you know, like, yeah, you get mad about it now, but I was at the show. It was great. It was super fun. You know, it felt like a cool thing. It felt, it was definitely like the coolest thing happening in New York that night or whatever, you know, maybe, you know, and so they came back. So what? It doesn't mean, it doesn't like vampire those memories away from me, you know? So whatever. I don't know. Yeah. And I think they occasionally like shift some money into a Jay green from uh, orchid and Panthers pocket. So fuck it. I I support him. Can I get back to that? All right, we can start wrapping up. But uh, what is your, would you say, current go-to karaoke? No, actually, better yet. Are there any songs you haven't done karaoke yet that you've been hearing out about in the world that you uh, want to? Like, when me, you have a playlist, what's on there? I was going to pull it up. Let's see. Um, there's some that I've done that I've bombed and I, I had to back away from. Oh, like um, what? Like I always thought Eddie Money, Take Me Home Tonight would be a killer, but it's just not. Really? Oh, yeah, I've done it enough times. Surprising. <clears throat> I don't know. Are people too young for it? It was or? in well, it was in a, it was in a room too, so I think maybe that's part of it. Like it was just the people that were there were not into it. But right. that's enough to like scare you off of. It's like, well, if, why am I? What mission am I on where I'm going to put myself through this again? If it's not, you know, it's four minutes of yeah. Um, so let's see. Uh, I said Duhast. Right. Um, I can't do the voice, but I've been really into "Caught Up in You" by Thirty Eight Special recently. So that's just on there as like a <laughs> wow. as a song I listen to a lot. Um. That song, that song rules. I don't care. Uh, um, Forever and Ever Amen by Randy Travis is one maybe that I think is pretty good. There's a second verse in that song that is like the most impeccably written, like economical, um, like wordplay type country type fun, like ballad thing. That's mm-hmm. like to the point that like it's so good the way that like the, the punchline hits at before the chorus that like you expect to hear like a rap air horn going off. It's like <laughs> such a great, it's like, uh, you know, it's like time plays tricks on memory, you know, uh, or no, they say time, time can take, takes toll on the body, makes a young girl's brown hair turn gray. Honey, I don't care. In love with your hair. If it all fell out, I'd love you anyway. So that's the first couple. It's pretty good. That's solid. Second one is, uh, say time takes, plays tricks on memories. People forget what they knew. 
Um, it's easy to see what's happening to me. It's happening to me. I've already forgotten every woman but you. That's really good. Yeah. 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 And I'm, that's also nice because those lines are really good. Yeah. And now I, I don't have to listen to There you go. The so, yeah. song. So this it's is, pleasant enough. This He's got a pleasant enough voice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's that's one because it's like a very it's like a very low key. But the problem is like it doesn't really uh shit doesn't really shoot the lights out, you know, in terms of like getting people's attention. Um, I also have this weird obsession with the song "Amazed" by Lone Star. I got, I was in Florida and listened to a lot of country radio because my parents uh, that's just what they listen to when they're driving mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. So "Amazed" has this uh um like the second verse of that too is like this. It's like gross. Like it feels like the first time every time, which is gross. Wow. Um, but uh, I just want to spend the whole night in your eyes is like the big like like money line before the chorus hits again. And it's like this build to it. And I just have this vision of me in a bar where people would not even know what the song is. So I'm just doing it. But I'm like a legend in my own mind. Like everyone like thinking everyone's like raptured, like watching me when they're just like on their phones or whatever, like waiting to build into that part. But then there's like another three minutes of that song. That's not good. You can't you can't mm-hmm. do that. You can't. You can't do an entire thing like that just for that one part because then there's so much more of it where you're just standing there like an asshole. Right. Um, I don't know if I have any other good ones. Um, a lot of it is informed by like stuff I'd like to be able to do, but I just can't do because of my voice, um, which is just not good or not. Uh, it's not a, I don't have a gymnastic voice. Um, Escapar or Escape by Enrique Iglesias, but the Spanish version. That's one mm-hmm. that I memorized at some point in college. I don't know why. Um, that's a fun song, I think. My friends played it at their wedding because it was like they were part of like the friend group that we all listened to that for whatever reason. And that was like one of my best um, everyone bugging out for music moments of like the past. Like, you know, you know, like people like get up and run to the dance floor on like, mm-hmm. a, you know, like, I don't know. I, that's the kind of stuff that I and that this is all like the same kind of like crowd control, like making people react in a certain way. Like wrestling is the same thing. But like, you know, in like the 90s, like Stone Cold Steve Austin's music would hit and everyone in the crowd just goes like, ah, right. mm-hmm. that kind of they call it a pop in wrestling, that kind of thing. But for music is like what I'm. I guess what I'm chasing, sort of. Um, Except for the people that you're trying to make leave. Yeah, well, that's yeah. Just, that, yeah, that's the later part. Sure. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> well, that seems like a fine place to end it. Uh, thank you for listening to Words and Guitars. Uh, we will see you next time. Transmission Production.